Joseph Campbell said that the next quote, when you follow your bliss, you put yourself on the track that has been there all the while. And so we're going to talk about that track because leaders find the path. And you'll see today where we're going to go. We have four keys. We've sent you each a guidebook. It looks like this. You can download it. Go to that next slide. Leaders find the path. We'll learn that life is a practice. It's the real thing. You can see opportunities from your Pathfinder, and there are certain keys to Pathfinder. And you'll see that sheet again here on this next slide. The keys to Pathfinder is really where we're going to be going today. And so let's start with how leaders find the path and what that means. We can come right back to me if you can see me, because Pathfinder comes from leader. L-E-A. Oh, I can see everybody's face. This is my favorite part, Norm. I can see Dave Peroni. There's Dave. Dave, look at me. There he is. We've been communicating. It's so nice to see you, brother. He almost hey, got up? a coin from his greatest movie line. I can see Tammy quick. She's never late. Tammy would rather be two hours early than two seconds late. Tammy, be quick. Leaders, L-E-A means path. And dur means finder. So a leader is literally a pathfinder. Think about an ancient hunting party. When they went out to find the game that would sustain life, the person who became the leader or the pathfinder was the one with the best senses. They could see the sign of the game. They could hear where they went. They would use their touch. How fresh is this print? They would even taste sometimes. You have five senses for a reason. And leaders or pathfinders have a unique way of tapping in to their gifts. And again, we've said it over and over again. Leaders think differently. Leaders talk differently. Leaders act differently. And they get different results. And so those pathfinders, when they saw what was going to sustain life, they became the leader, not because they were the oldest person in the tribe or they had the biggest title. They could see where they needed to go. They could hear where they needed to go. They could sense inside, outside. Norm, you said earlier when you came out to our Genshai retreat that sometimes we got to go inside to go outside. And sometimes we got to go outside more often than not to go inside. So today, I want you to think to yourself, how can I be a little more in tune as a leader, to in tune with those that are following me? Because if you don't have anybody following you, just John Maxwell's taught me, what's the number one definition of a leader? Well, you have people following you. If you don't have anybody following you, you're not a leader. And are you the type of person who can see those clues, not only on your path, but on your team's path? to be able to move forward. Now, I'm going to share one of my favorite stories. You see over my shoulder a picture of Michael Jordan. And Sherry and I are sitting right behind the bench in the 1998, the last dance just finished. If any of you watched that, um, I haven't seen all of the episodes, but millions of people have been watching that. I don't know if I can watch the last episode when Michael Jordan pushed off on Byron Russell. Some people say he didn't, the greatest of all time, but he hit that shot. Forget about what happened with those six titles. 
before Michael Jordan ever won a title, he had a sports psychologist. He had a mental coach. I'm a mental coach for a handful of elite athletes, leaders. I have a chance to work with Norm, which is a great privilege and opportunity. And they think a little bit differently. And sometimes the difference between a medal and no medal is a coach. Sometimes the difference between being a national champion, a world champion, an NBA champion, is the quality of the coach as well as the quality of the player or players. Well, Michael Jordan's coach for his mind was Dr. Gerald Bell from North Carolina, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And he's trained several hundred thousand leaders. In fact, Sharon and I hope to go out later this fall or early next spring and take a three-day experience with Dr. Bell. I heard about Dr. Bell and Norm, you've met him. One of my best friends is two-time gold medal gymnast, captain of the 1984 U.S. Olympic team, Peter Bidmar. And, and Norm, you know him. You, you talked to him. You spent three days with he and his wife, Donna. And he had just come back from speaking, Hall of Fame athlete, Hall of Fame speaker with Dr. Gerald Bell. And I'm a scoutmaster, and I'm taking a group of scouts to the Grand Tetons. Now, I got my little blue shirt on, matches the Aspire jacket behind me with my jacket. I'm wearing that green scout uniform, which makes my eyes just glow. That's what Sherry always said. This makes your everything glow. And I have 21 scouts, and they're going on a 20-mile hike to get their hiking merit badge. And Peter sends me the night before, knowing where I'm going a survey from Dr. Gerald Bell. Tells me about Dr. Gerald Bell. He interviewed 4,000 retired CEOs. So 4,000 people like Norm in 20 or 30 years. And he asked them a question. If you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? Imagine asking that question. He did a lot in senior care centers. Some he would do over the phone. They didn't have Zoom like they have now. And he was amazed at the answers. Tell you what, if anybody knows the number one response from those 4,000 people, um, I just sent Gracie some signed books. One of you is going to get a signed book. Um, a couple of you last week won a Genshai coin. So we can give a Genshai coin here. We're going to have a couple of gifts each week. If any of you know, send it to the chat of what do you think the number one regret was? And I can see the chat right here. If you could live your life over again. By the way, you can. But if you could, what would you do differently? Somebody just put, Jeff M. spent more family time. Jeff, you are getting close. That was number four. Nice, Jeff or start saving earlier. Jeff keeps coming. Jeff, you just moved up. That was number three. So you got four at number three. Number one regret if you could live in NJ, just to have more time in general. And yeah, that's that's one that we want. Dave Ferroni said, no, Dave has no regrets. That may be. Dave's like, I got no regrets. And I can't remember your movie one. Chat me what your movie one. Was it See My Little Friend? Was that what it was? What was the movie line that you had to listen, notice and embrace my gifts? Guess what? That's pretty close 
That was number five was spent more time on personal development. Number six was more fun. So when you're tapping into your gifts, you're gonna have more fun. Number seven, they would have planned their career. Number eight, they would have given more back. Mary, somebody said, do it, I love, that's Pam. <laughs> Mary just said, take more risk and live life to the fullest. Guess what, Mary? Did you win the line last week for the movie? Did Mary, is she a two-time winner? It doesn't matter. Mary, you want a book. <laughs> and there is a signed book because his number one response was the life isn't practice. It's the real thing. And that means you got to take a risk because everything that we want is right at the edge of our comfort zone. Everything we want. So it takes risk to really live life. So I have these scouts gathered around on a morning devotional. We're cooking breakfast, 12, 13, 14 year old scouts. One of them is my future son-in-law, Norm, you've met him. He just competed in the world championship in mountain biking in Zermatt, one of two Americans to represent our team at the age of 42. So this is about 30 years earlier. I don't know the 12 years after that experience, he's about 24, 25, he shows up on my front porch. This is the little scout who's got his finger out. Kevin, pull my finger. He's flatulating around the fire. 12 years later, this little stinky scout, the little flatulator shows up in my house, says, I want to marry your oldest daughter, Summer. That gives you real pause. And I love him. He's, he's one of my best friends. Well, I wanted to get these kids excited. So I tell them about Dr. Gerald Bell. I tell them a little bit about Peter Vidmar. Tell them about Michael Jordan. Dr. Bell put a picture of the Louisiana Superdorm in the locker of every North Carolina target. And there were some great players. James Worthy. James Worthy, smooth as ice, LA Lakers. You go through that team, they were phenomenal. But the star was Michael Jordan. And every time they closed their locker, every time they opened it for practice, they saw the goal. Do you see the goal that you have for your life? Have you planned out your life, what you want? I love, Norm, that you're going out five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Where are you going to be in five years? As a business, where are you going to be in five years? We spend more time planning vacations than we do our life. And I hope from this experience that you will switch that. I share that to these scouts. I said, we're not only going to go 20 miles, we're going to go when we get up to String Lake. Those that want to come, we'll go to Bear Paw Lake. That's another half mile in fact, and you get 21 miles. And if you do that, I'll take you to the Million Dollar Cowboy Saloon. Now, we weren't going in to drink as scouts. It was a supper club, and I'll buy you a steak dinner. How many of the 21 scouts said they wanted to do it? How many do you think? Somebody let me know that. Well, I'll tell you, 21, because we all like to start new things. They were really excited. I will be there all 21. I'll go the extra mile. What do you think happens at mile 15? There are a lot going on. I don't think I can do this. And we started to run. I'm, I'm a bit of an endurance average athlete, but I'm like a diesel. I can just go and go and go. And so I left a couple of leaders with two scouts saying, Kevin, when we hit the 20 mile mark, I'm gonna go the extra half mile. 
And one of the kids, Jeff Larson, my oh, wife and I pretty much adopted him. He's a little reminded me of me. He grew up without a father in his home for most of his mm. teen years. His um, father left the family. There's always two sides of the story. And this mother of his was supporting that family. And this boy was, he was plowing snow. He was shoveling snow in our neighborhood. He did our walk. He was delivering newspapers. So when it came time to turn off, every other scout, when we hit mile 20, thanks, Kevin. I don't need the extra half mile. I don't need the steak dinner. And Jeff was right there. By then, we were running. We were running to finish this strong. We go up the extra half mile. We turn around. And as we're coming back, this bespeckled, 60-ish-year-old, distinguished, happy-looking runner comes out of the woods. And he says, are you Kevin Hall? In the middle of the Grand Tetons. And I'm thinking, how could a creditor, how could a solicitor find me in the middle of the Grand Tetons? And I said, yes, I'm, I'm Scoutmaster Hall. And he said, I ran into some of your scouts. They're worried you might get lost. Hey, I'm out for about a six-mile run. And I'll run you back to String Lake. And so he runs up next to me. We start to talk. And I said, where are you from? Now, if you read Aspire and you read the foreword, you'll read this person's exact words. He said, well, I'm from North Carolina. And I said, well, what part of North Carolina? He said, Chapel Hill. True, 100% story, Chapel Hill. Well, I just shared a study of a great leadership influencer, Dr. Gerald Bell. And so the next question is pretty obvious. I looked over and I said, you wouldn't have to know a Dr. Gerald Bell, would you? When I said Gerald, he looked at me and he said, I am Dr. Gerald Bell. In the middle of the Grand Tetons, on the very morning that I share his study, I'd only received his study 48 hours before. We stopped dead in our tracks. The two scouts, Chris and Jeff, ran right up our backs, almost dislodged our ribs, cage, everything. Now, what are the chances of that happening? So we jogged that extra half mile, and I say, Peter Vidmar, you spoke together. Yeah, I remember meeting Peter. I'm, I'm like this little groupie about all this leadership training. Here's your eight things. It was number one, life is in practice. Number two, I would have taken better care of my health. Number three, I would have managed my money better. He said, yeah, but number one, it outnumbered the other seven, two to one. Life isn't practice, it's the real thing. And you've got to risk it to go after it. Norm, you think I'm making that story up, Norm? How could that possibly happen in the middle of the Grand Tetons with a future son-in-law in tow? He had broken his femur, by the way. So he was in camp, but he couldn't hike. He had a biking accident. How does that happen, Norm? I don't know the answer, but I'll tell you what I call that. I call that one of those God stop moments. And yeah. that's just um, it's just meant to be. I love that. You called it a God stop moment. It was just that. I call that divine orchestration. There are 7 billion people on the planet. There are over 7 billion places or more that we could have been that very day. And here he was. Now, when we finished that 21 miles, this Jeff was so stoked. This 13-year-old, we brought bikes up, and he biked back another 40 miles. 
to our camp with me. We have stayed in touch with Dr. Gerald Bell. We've gone out and interviewed him, helped to bring him out to a Genside Life Master Retreat. Again, we want to go out and experience his experience. Remember, leaders find the path. And when you get on path and you get on purpose, you'll meet people who've been waiting on your path all along. They're either waiting for you to help them or they're waiting to help you or both. And it's generally both. I asked him to write the afterword in Aspire because people sometimes will read that in the Pathfinder chapter and say, well, that, there's no way that happened the way you described it happened. It happened exactly the way I described it every day. As you go about your day, you're interacting on Zoom, you're calling someone else. As you start to get out, pay attention to who's in front of you. Pay attention to who's behind you. Maybe you could do a random act of kindness. Maybe you're getting your Subway sandwich. Maybe you're getting something in line several weeks down the road and you see somebody looking for coins and you can see, you know what, I think I'm just going to take care of that. And you just offer to buy that sandwich and tell nobody told you to do it. People appear on your path who need it. I have a AAA card with an RV membership that will tow four cars a year for Sherry, four cars a year for me, four cars a year for my son and daughter, so 16. That is my give back card. It's the best $200 you'll spend in a year. And when we some, see somebody on the side of the road, we say, take a picture of our car. We make sure if they need to get towed, if they need a tire fix, if they're out of gas, that that'll take care of it. Be aware of who's on your path. And don't always be looking for the bigger, better. There's no bigger, better. If you ever feel superior to someone in a certain setting, I've shared this before, you'll likely feel inferior to somebody else in a different setting. We're all the same. And you discover your purpose. You get closer to being on path when you serve somebody. And there are opportunities to serve every single moment. Norm, we're going to open it up because we're going to go here to a minute about seeing opportunities where the word opportunity comes from. There's a port in the middle of that. Um, and then we're going to wrap it up with keys to pathfinding. But in the chat session or raise your hand if you've got a comment, a quick comment, or a thought that you'd like to ask. And I love this. I love being able to get on here and see people's faces. Andrew Williams is like, oh, no, he can't see me. I'm going to put my hand up in front of the screen. Andrew, you got a question or a thought? You can run, but you can't hide, Andrew. Can can you unmute? If you can't, it's okay. I can. Um, actually, I'd like to say, um, and I've told Norm this as well. I'm in the military as well, and the stuff that you're helping that we're going through has actually helped me deal with some of my soldiers that we've had problems with in the past, and it's mm. been very, very helpful to it to help me deal with the situations that they've tried to put me in. Andrew, that made these eight sessions worthwhile to hear that from you. And uh, good for you. Thank you for your service. It's an honor and a privilege. It is an honor and a privilege. That's how I feel about these sessions, to get to know you. It's an honor and a privilege. Those, I mean, wounded warriors when you think of what they've been through what they've done and sometimes how they're abandoned 
when, when they go through everything. So anything, you know what, Andrew, if I can ever, you get that group together, you need me for something, it's on me, brother. You let me know, and I will allow to do that in a heartbeat. So Okay, I appreciate it. Um, boy, doesn't that norm, boy, what great people. I mean, you're some of the best of the best. What, what, how does that make you feel, Norm, when you heard that? I'm grateful because uh, and excited to hear that uh, what we've put together is uh, be, being used in, in, in a heartfelt way. And also, why don't we give Andrew a real shout out. He's a proud new father as well. He just had a baby about a week and a half ago. Oh, my goodness. Well, my goodness, Andrew. Um, Gracie. Are He's you a great dad. Thinking, Gracie, doesn't Andrew get a signed copy of Aspire? How many of you think Andrew should get a signed copy of Aspire? It's unanimous, Andrew. It's unanimous. Except for Delicia. Delicia put her hand up. She said, me? What about me? It's, got to be me. it's always about Delicia. She's got that cool name. You know I'm kidding, Delicia. You know I am kidding. What are you thinking this morning? I love to hear your voice. Let's unmute Delicia. With a name like that, we got to hear from you. Again, what are you thinking this morning, Ms. Copeland? Is she unmuted? Do you dare unmute yourself? Okay, I, I am unmuted and good morning. Um, I'm just loving this session about, you know, leaders and being pathfinders. And the last thing that you said is that when you serve others, you discover your path. And I believe that that is definitely so true and so, um, I take these nuggets that you're given and I definitely pass it forward on to others that I know who could use some inspiration. Gracie, I got to send you some more books. <laughs> I, I promise some coins. Will you get a book and her name is spelled because I know you're not, don't know how to spell it, Gracie. It's D-E-L-E-C-I-A. So you're getting a signed book as well. You got some special people here, Norm and Judy, and of course you do. And that's the other key to being a great pathfinder. Like attracts like. Like attracts like. And that happens all the time. Um, Phyllis, we have not heard a shout out from Phyllis today. She put her head down. It was like she was bidding at an auction. Phyllis, <laughs> you never want to glance down when I can see your face. What are you thinking this morning, Phyllis? Um, it's a great day. It's a good day to be alive and, and I'm enjoying the webinar. Great. I'm enjoying you. Thank you. Well, I'm enjoying you. What's behind you? I see this little wave or something behind you. What is that? Um, that is, um, that's a claymore and that is a, my um, clan tartan. Douglas. Are you serious? What what country in Ireland? What 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 in, in Scotland? So I'm 80% Scottish, Irish, and English. Wow. And 20% what? Uh everything else. Right. right. <laughs> I will send you a very small coin if you would send me that in exchange. Does that sound <laughs> Um, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's go to 
Let's go to the third key. Leaders see opportunities. In the middle of opportunity is the word port, P-O-R-T. And in the ancient days, a flotilla, I love that word, of ships could go into a port and they could visit, they could conquer, they could do trade, but only when that window of opportunity, only at the certain tide. If it was too high of a tide, too low of a tide, they couldn't get in. And in our lives, we have these windows of opportunity. We talked last week in Saperi Videri, talking about vision and Da Vinci's term for knowing how to see that sight is a function of the eye, vision is a function of the heart. Never let your mind talk your heart out of what it knows to be true. And you'll get those thoughts and those insights to act on something and then take the risk and have the courage to act as if it's impossible to fail. Because there's only certain opportunities and you've had them. Here's a client that needs my help. Here's somebody in my family that needs my help. Here's someone that we've just met and they need my help. There's that window, that brief window of opportunity. And Delicia put an apostrophe and a bold and an explanation point around it. You know how you get on path, you get on purpose? Find somebody to serve. When you serve someone, it'll be much clearer what your gifts are and what you can do to really make a difference in another's life. We're at our fourth section right here, and we will open it up to a few questions um, before it comes back to norm. But there's four keys to being pathfinders. And I want you to think about these. Let's take a minute. One, pathfinders read the clues that guide them on their path. Success leaves clues. Failure leaves clues. Just take 15 minutes a day. This is one of my tips for dealing with this pandemic. You can walk outside. You can get into nature. Nature works, but nature doesn't work. Nurture your nature and just get outside and pause for 10 to 15 minutes, 1% of your day, and say, am I reading the keys? Am I seeing the clues that guide me along my path? Because a clue is a key, and it'll open a door to your greatest gifts. Two, Pathfinders are very clear about where they're going. I wouldn't want to head out on a journey if I didn't know where I was going. You wouldn't move very fast. You wouldn't have intention. You wouldn't have purpose. It'd be pretty hard to finish if you didn't know where you were going to finish. So let's go back to that number one regret. These average age, um, 70-year-old retired chief executive officer said, life isn't practice, it's the real thing. And I regret that I didn't carve out life goals earlier. Now's a good time. This weekend's a good time. Just write three of your intentions. What would you like to see happen in your life in five years? What would you like to see happen by the end of this year? And just go outside, take 15 minutes, take a media fast, don't turn on the TV, save yourself 20, 30, 40, 50. I've been on a media fast for three weeks and I'm loving it. I don't have to hear the negativity. I can focus, I'll ask people, I'm informed, 
but I can't be clear about where I'm going if the fog comes in. You're driving and you hit a bank of fog in your car. What do you do? You slow down. Sometimes people hit their brakes. Sometimes on icy highways, a lot of bad things happen. Why do we slow down? Because we can't see where we're going. The fog dissipates, what do we do? We speed right back up, hopefully safely if it's an icy road. When we're clear about where we're going, we move with confidence, Fidence is faith, C-O-N is with. Be very clear about where you're going. That just takes intention. That takes you to stake the ground, put that tent up and claim your ground. You get to choose. You get to choose where you want to go. Isn't that nice? Nobody else can choose that for you. If you give away that gift of choice, it'll be one of the biggest regrets of your life. Number three. And I'm really excited about how, I don't think I've ever taught what I just taught there like that, ever. So thank you for inspiring me. Three, they recognize, pathfinders recognize and embrace their natural gifts. You'll know what they are again, reminder from our namaste section. You were born to do, that's in your nature. It's second nature to you. And you say, I would do that for free. When you are tapping into your genius, that genie within us, it will grant every dream. It's like rubbing that lamp. Your, your wish is my command. Serve somebody, you'll find out what your purpose is, what your path is, and it is directly linked to your natural gifts. Four, and this is where we're going to go next week. I am, this may be my favorite session so far. Next week's going to be pretty close. It's about passion. Number four, pathfinders are willing to sacrifice to make significant contribution. It says pathfinding, living a life of significance. Are you really willing to suffer and sacrifice for what your vision is? Because it isn't easy. You can ask Norm. You can ask his sweet wife, Judy. You can ask this leadership team. You can ask Norm's son, MJ. 30 years with Reliable, is this just as easy as it looks? Did it just happen like this? You get all these incredible people on the Zoomcast, they just show up. It's never as easy as it looked, ever. And it takes sacrifice. So are you willing to sacrifice for what you want most? If you are, the universe will conspire. At the front of the Pathfinder chapter is a quote by William Hutchinson Murray. And it says this, the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to. The very moment. How many? One. Definitely commits. You cannot just commit. You're definitely committed. Then providence moves to, and all sorts of things occur that would not otherwise have occurred. Unforeseen incidences financial help, resources, opportunities, surface. It's when you act as if it's impossible to fail. And then five, the fifth and final key to pathfinding is the pathfinders follow their bliss. And as a result, they meet people who've been waiting on their path all along. That term, follow your bliss by Joseph Campbell, when he coined those three words, they didn't have the internet 24-7. It went around the world within a week. And people are talking about following your bliss. So I hope you'll think about that 
because um, we're talking about that today. Um, Dave, you know what, Dave Peroni, before I turn it back to you, Norm, um, I loved what Dave said in the chat room. He said, I don't have any regrets. And Dave and I had been exchanging a few messages. We talked really briefly on the phone. Good to see you, brother. Nice to see you today on our Zoom cast. What does it mean to live life with no regrets or to follow your bliss? What does it mean to you, Dave? Well, it just, uh, I try not to look back. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. So you try not to look back. I try not to look back. And I think when you're living with, with regret, a lot of times you spend more time worrying about what you didn't do instead of looking forward to what you could do. And I try to tell my kids that is, you know, once you've made a mistake or once something's gone wrong, you got to learn from it, move on, and then look to not make that mistake or not let that happen again. And what do you have to do to do that? And I think if you live that way, you'll spend less time worrying and less time regretting than you will. And you'll spend more time focusing. Gracie, you know what I'm going to ask you. Is there another book in that box? I can't remember how many books I sent. Dave, you want a Genshai coin or do you want a book? Sure. Uh, either is fine with me. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be important to have both. Gracie. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another book too that that goes along with what you're talking about. There's a book called Lincoln on Leadership that I read, and it's actually Phenomenal. a short book. No, and, it's it's in my and life. He, uh, and and yeah, he I, talk, it, it, and they talk about him walking amongst the soldiers. And when you talk about um, being able to see and being able to, I guess the word I was using would use is motivate. But you were talking about it earlier, so they could see the the future he was able to bring that to them. And I believe he's the only sitting president to, to still to this day to walk onto a bat, to be on a battle, a live battlefield. Right. And right. that not, changed, that changed the war at one point. Not a photo op for him. It's a real thing. And by the way, great book. It'd be one of my top 50 books for sure. Isn't it kind of a black cover? I, I, I can see yeah. it's a black cover, Lincoln on leadership. Great writer. I forget the name of the writer one of the better writers out there. So Gracie. I can't either, I but him, for like a 200 page book, it, it's pretty good. It's phenomenal. I asked him if he wanted a book or a coin and he said, yes. So give him both. We got a coin in there. Give him a book. Dave, you got a coin and a book coming your way. And I really appreciate the email that you sent, the conversation we had. And this is fun because I'm getting to know you. And remember what Dave said before we go back to Norm. Um, doesn't do a whole lot of good to live in the past. How can we write chapter 11? We talked about this last week. NJ's not in his head. When we keep rewriting and rereading and reliving chapter one, you can't move forward when you're going backwards. You can't learn if you're hitching up to something painful in the past. Use it as a guidepost, not a hitching post. I've said that once or twice. I'll say it again. You can use your past as a hitching post or guidepost. It's up to you. But when you choose to use it as a guidepost, you can move forward, not backwards. Norm, that's what you do so well. Let's hear your tips before we bring this puppy home on where we're at. Did we hit what you wanted to hit today, Norm? Because Norm guided this. He put every word in my mouth today. <laughs> you put this. You you put this this chapter together, and uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing. I, I know that. Uh, those concepts you've, been work, you've worked on for years and refined for years. And thank you for sharing your life's work with us. 
and our team. We greatly appreciate it. Kind of the tips of the week was actually a perfect segue. Ohio's just starting to open back up, and there's a new normal, and things aren't working like they normally do. Let's talk through like something super simple, a restaurant. A lot, we're seeing stuff on the media of non-social distancing, emotional fuses very short, and we talked about walking out in the battlefield. This is a bit of a battle. This is something unique that our country has never seen before. So I wanted to share with you a couple tools. I think number one, this deserves patience. And one of the ways that, that I work on my own patience is try to think through what that other person is going through. For example, when we go to a restaurant these days, you don't get the service that it used to be, and it's impossible. The restaurateur has no idea how many customers it's going to have. There's they're usually half the staff that's needed. And if you take a deeper dive and try to meet the person where they're at, if like, for example, think through what the server is feeling. I think they, they feel a little scared and say, is, is, is what I'm doing putting myself in harm's way, putting my family in harm's way, or putting you in harm's way? So I think there's probably a little fear. So one of the things I try to do, and, and one of the blessings that I've of being the leader of Reliable is you get a, to meet a wide variety of people. For example, I'll meet someone who is um, struggling. Usually our shovelers are, are, live a little bit more hand to mouth, um, tighter economics. When I talk to that person, it's completely different than when I'm meeting somebody who's got a fleet of 20 trucks and is looking to create additional income. What I find if I find some common ground or look through life through that person's lens, hmm we have a better result. And how this might play out in, as, as Ohio reopens is to mentally prepare yourself for patience. And then number two, when you're communicating with these various people, meet them where they're at. And uh, for example, the server, hey, how are you coping with all this change? And maybe a heart of gratitude. Thank you for coming in and and being brave to get on the front lines and, and, and to be here today. I appreciate you. I have just found that to be a tremendous uplift and versus sitting in line, being frustrated and, and, and just the whole situation gets worse and worse. So I, I'd encourage people to have patience and meet people where they're at. Um, second, one thing our family was trying to do is say, Hey, this looks like a longer term play. This isn't the 50 yard dash. We're in this for the long haul. We're really trying to get as purposeful as we can be as minimal, and Kevin, you kind of hit this earlier, is looking at the week weather, like, hey, on those sunshiny days, how can we get outside? Can we go outside for lunch? Can we get outside and, uh, for, and kind of strategizing our days? The more outside, it seems the better we, we do emotionally and the, and the more uplift that we feel. Uh, my daughter and I were talking through the, hey, this summer, doesn't look like we're jumping on any airplanes soon. What other options can we have? What is something new that you'd like to try that you've never done before? Uh, she's talking about like she'd like to go fly fishing. And like she wants to be a competent fly fisherman that she can do it herself, not have to have her, her brother, her dad tie her hook. She wants to do it herself. So we're kind of trying to get as, as purposeful as we can because this doesn't appear to be the 50-yard dash. It appears to be more like a, uh, a 5K marathon. And... I think the only positive things can come out of that 
So we're talking through like, wait, what can we do as a driving trip? Or what can we do to uh, enhance the time that we're together? Another thing we're doing is kind of strategizing when we start working with other people um, when, and how, we, how are we going to set that up in a positive way? Because one thing I'm finding, those of higher risk, for example, our family has, uh, my, my wife has autoimmune disease, my daughter has autoimmune disease. This is a, a much more emotionally impactful than if we were all 25 years old and, and, and healthy. Um, so we have to be a little bit more careful. So we, we kind of strategize, how can we start bringing people into our lives? I'll give you a little funny story. My, my daughter is now dating a, young, a fine young man and he's, they've been, been having dates in the garage where they, we, we, we feed them with masks on. Now, now he's moved into the mudroom. Um, now that I think probably the next step will be with the weather, we'll have some bonfires and do some stuff outside. So try to think like, how can I make the absolute best of this as we go through this journey of this new normalcy? So those are the tips that I have. Wow. Kevin, do you have anything that you could add that uh, might be meaningful? As well, I got, I got a couple of minutes. We've got a couple of minutes because we usually wrap this in about 45 minutes. We're 44 minutes in. One, you better hang on to that future sunlight because if he's going to come to your house to a date in the garage, he cares about your daughter. That's that's pretty darn good, Norman. I, I thought you were a little bit kinder with people that came in. You just like here, you know, slide a sandwich underneath that door. I get it. You're you're loving them. I I, love, yeah, I went out there and lit the candles too. You lit the candles too with, 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 I, with I, the I mask on. I think you came in with a flare. You came <laughs> no. up. I love what you said. You look through life in the other person's lens. Do you know the word empathy means to get on somebody else's path? EM is in, path, empathy. Do you really get into somebody else's world? Or are you so concerned about your world? Pathfinders see things differently. They see those around them. And so they're going to be serving you with a mask often. But look at their name. Just call them by their first name. They are a person. They're not just a robot bringing you food. They're risking their life to make sure you can have a nice, nutritious meal. By the way, my favorite charity is the person serving me. If we go out for casual dining, nice dining, any dining. Um, yes. Just look at that person. And, and right now, you know, maybe you had a $20 meal. Maybe you leave 30 bucks for that $20 meal because they are working really hard. You know, I, you can choose how you do that. When we used to hire someone at Franklin, I would take that person that they'd have gone through three interviews, a presentation, if they're a consultant, if they're a trainer, sales professional, and then we'd ask them to bring their girlfriend, their boyfriend, their significant other, their wife or husband, and we'd go to dinner. And I would watch how they treated the person who was serving them. That was the litmus test, how they treated them and how their, their significant other treated them. If they treated them with genchai, if they lifted them up, then they had a chance to work there. If they dismissed them, didn't look them in the eye, just acted like they were entitled. That wasn't somebody that I felt that we could start hiring um, to build up. Because you either get in somebody's world or you don't. And you have an opportunity to do that. I also like what you said, Norm, patience, because I can't wait to be patient. And this takes a different look. We said last week, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. 
You know I would love to fly fish. One of my passions, it's even in the book, in my bio, is I love to passion. I remember my wife wanted to fly fish with me, so she took lessons, and she was doing really good. And then we, we hit a river with these German Browns catch and release Provo River, and it's the wind is blowing so fast, I'm afraid she's going to hook her eye because you kind of, it's like you're in a door. Tell your daughter this. If you're in a door jam, you bring it back, you pause, and then you bring it forward. You don't go all the way down so it hits the water all the way back. It's hit this door, hit that. Sherry was going a little bit fast, and that that fly was going right by her eye, and I just had to say, let's stop. But we love to fly fish. That is one of my, there's nothing like hitting the river. So get outside. Get outside. Change the way you're looking at things. You need your vitamins. You need vitamin D. You need a little sun. I got sun coming from this light above me. It's making my head shine this morning. You need some sun. And then get as purposeful as you can. Our theme today is that life isn't practice, it's the real thing. You get on path and get on purpose when you propose what you'll do with your unique God-given gifts. And the moment you start to serve someone with those gifts, it's the moment you get on path and on purpose. Norm, reliable, Every single one of you on this call, what an honor, what a privilege. I cannot wait until next week because passion makes it all happen. It's the fuel for achieving these dreams. There's a reason we have these sessions in the order that they are. You don't want to miss this next week. Norm, back to you, brother. Thank you again. Judy, we love you. Virtual hug from Sherry and I to Judy. Have Norm take better care. Of those guys that are dating your daughter, just you know, maybe let them. There's just one guy, go. one guy, one great guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Nor back to you. I just want to thank everybody for their time. Thank you for uh, we'll, we'll all get through this together. Hope you found today something meaningful, and just want to say appreciate everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Alexa. Play taking care of business. Josh has got it. Josh knows this. Josh has been in a band. Josh is, look at it, look at it. He's just like, he knows what is coming. Josh, do you know the, do you know the lyrics? He's, this is one, Greg, is this not one of the greatest songs ever? Mary, you're a winner today, Mary. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> I don't even know the words anymore, Josh. All right. Thanks, Norm. We're going to leave the meeting. Have some fun today. Get some sun. What an honor. Take care. See you later.